Ooh, that was a frustrating one, wasn't it? Here on the Thai Express Beaver postgame call-in show from our Albany studios here in the Mid-Valley. TJ Mathewson with you. A frustrating double overtime loss for the Oregon State Beavers. 37-34 at Boulder on their homecoming night. They storm the field. Oregon State as a 12-point road favorite falls to Colorado. Man, that was a tough one to watch. This was, I see we have two calls teed up. I'll get to them in a sec. It's like we have Scott and Tyler, one second. But this was the game I thought, personally, this was going to be the defensive turnaround game. And I we couldn't be farther from the truth. That was an extremely disappointing defensive effort from the Beavs. Scott or Tyler first? Scott's on line one. So, first, we're going to go to Scott. Scott, good evening. Good evening. I, where do you even begin with this? Uh, there's just so many know. things on pack. I mean, this is the kind of this stretch of game, this Cal and Colorado, this is the kind of stretch that really shakes you as it makes you question, why do I care? <laughs> because there has to be some sort of payoff. And for so long, there just isn't a payoff. There's always a you're right there. You still do things. It looks like things are turning around and then it doesn't. And you start getting emotionally invested because things look like they're getting better. And it's like, okay, it's safe to, it's, it's safe to come out and poke your head out and start caring some more. And then, no, oh, no, nope, it's that old thing. You know, I heard an analogy in the Riley era, how like you're on the verge of doing something. And then Charlie Brown trying to run up to the football and Lucy's holding it. He yanks it away to last. Oh, it's like you shouldn't have even done anything. Uh, it's a tough one. And I'm just going to say what I think all of us are thinking right now, that this team is not good. <laughs> like, we thought it was good, but it's not. And I think it's been a benefit of just playing really bad competition, but now it's losing even worse competition, so I don't know what's going on. The Pac-12 is way down. Uh, you take away that USC game, which got everybody pumped up, and then what do you really have? We beat Utah. I don't think we beat another team with a winning record. I'm not sure. Uh, it's it's just been not a good season when you look back at it. Everybody's, being, uh, everybody's beating USC at home now. Uh, that Arizona almost got them, yeah, and they were messed. Uh, yeah. I don't even know what to say at that point. It's just we've seen, like, once again, we give up a season-high um, scoring total against FBS teams. For, you know, Cal gave them their season-high pretty much. Uh, Colorado gave them their season-high. Uh, it's... What I don't know is what can you even do? I think that's what hurts. It's almost like, I, almost like a betrayal. Almost not because anyone actually did anything to you, but because it's like you believed one thing when another thing was actually the case. And I think that's what makes it difficult. Yeah, I I agree. That that Utah game now kind of looks like an anomaly. It does a little bit because Utah looks good. They looked good on Friday, but it's just hard to see that how this Beaver team the one that we saw out there tonight in Colorado, you know, beat that Utah team then comes back and you're right. They just, it, they got outplayed in back-to-back games. I've, I, I'm at right. a loss for words and, too. And what's really tough is it's the offense has slipped. Yeah. We've been giving the defense, you know, a hard time off season through the Smith era, rightfully so. But now the offense is playing really bad too. You can't keep going off the road against teams for two and five, two and six, go down, zero to 10 and spot them 10 points basically, and then score 10 points all first half. So I need to tell these guys that the game actually starts to kick off. Not when you come out of the locker room at halftime, 
because I don't know what's going on with the pre-game plan or if the other you know, opposing coaches are finding weaknesses that we just can't seem to get around, but it's baffling how you can be so flat where you just have one game, one win, sometimes one play to get to a bowl game for the first time in forever, and you just can't do it. And you're doing it against teams that aren't very good. Uh, we can say, oh, Cal, they're better than the record. They were only losing that one score. Yada, 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 yada. Yeah, well, look what they did this week. Yeah, I know they have some players out for COVID. It doesn't matter. Arizona's horrible. So, you can't even make that argument anymore. So I don't know where you go from here. I think they'll probably pull one out out of the next three just by dumb luck because the Pac-12 is so bad. But I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. So I don't know. You end the season five and seven or maybe six and seven to make a ball game and lose it. And I don't even know what you do with that. It's crazy. I, yeah, I, I don't know. They've beaten teams they're supposed to lose to, and they've lost to teams they're supposed to beat. It's 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 hard to read. And you, you mentioned the offense being sort of down. If you just look at the box chart, the box score and Scott, I do agree with you. I thought the offense was out of sync all night. There's really nothing they could. It seemed truly rely on, but they had 220 yards on the ground. Still 475 yards of total offense. You know, I, I, I think most of that inconsistency is stemming from the passing game. They threw 38 times and only completed 20 passes. And there were drops tonight. There were overthrows. It, it never looked in sync at all. Yeah. I, I guess my final thought is what you can tell by watching these last two games. It's like every time the opponent's trying to do something, they make it look relatively easy. But when we're trying to do something in score, it looks so hard. And I think that was just summarized in that first overtime where Colorado gets the ball and has three run plays. They're in the end zone. But we get the ball, and we're, like, passing it and incomplete, and we're going back and forth, and, okay, first down, now back. Oh, now oh, we're finally in. It's, it's just too difficult. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either, Scott. It's, uh, it's a mystery. Uh, any, any last thoughts? Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Scott, I appreciate Bye. the call. Uh, before we get to Tyler, post Beaver postgame call-in show, Brought to you by Thai Express. Experience traditional Thai recipes with a sprinkle of new world creativity. Don't be shy. Give them a Thai locally and veteran owned. They're open tonight until 10 o'clock for dine-in or visit their drive through located on 9th Street in Corvallis behind Little Caesars Pizza. So if you want some Thai Express tonight, they're open for another hour and eight minutes if you're hungry and in the mood for Thai food. Tyler's on the line. Tyler, good evening. Hello. So I was hoping I wouldn't have to make this call, but uh, let's see. We all saw the game. Um, well, first off, I'm just going to say I would just call this result simply inexcusable. It's like, it's like I said last week, Colorado's on the tier below you. This is not a game you should lose. And you know me, I'm a fairly positive person. I'm critical at times, but I try to keep a fairly upbeat mood. I thought that, uh, let's see, mm, the uh, offense, as far as the passing game, now that you brought it up, I thought they, that Champs never really adjusted to the altitude. I'm wondering if that was why some of his passes were off. But That could, that the, could make uh, a little bit of sense. His receivers, were, I said that could make a little bit of sense. I think uh, his receivers are not helping him out at all either. This is true. But, however, let's see. The uh, thing that stood out to me is what Jim Wilson keeps saying in the postgame. It's like the Beavers need to score 30 in order to win a game. And that falls squarely on the defense. The defense is not good. It just made Colorado look like a juggernaut, basically. 
It scored 34 points, and it's a team that's been averaging like under 20 for the entirety of the uh, Pac-12 season, and 34 of those came against an Arizona team that's even worse than they are. They basically made an anemic offense look like gangbusters, and this has been happening, let's see, periodically ever since Tibisar's been to D.C. I mean, I think it's time that Smith has to has to take a look in the mirror and decide, is it more important to remain loyal to his uh, guys or is it more important to get the result on the field because this defense does not look good. Do you think this is a scheme problem? I I can't tell if it's a scheme problem Uh, or a recruiting problem. uh, Maybe a combination of the two. I am not the best person to ask when it comes to, like, because I'm usually following the ball, which is why I appreciate somebody like Jim Wilson. He kind of like fills in the gaps for me because he seems to see everything on the field when he's calling when he's calling the game with Mike. But uh, let's see, something is definitely off on the defensive side, and it's been off ever since he's been the defensive coordinator. I know we like to harp on the DC a lot as Beaver fans; he's like an easily stickler. But this defense hasn't gotten better since he's taken over. And they have, and if we're just going to look in the short term in the Beavers' three losses in their last four games, they haven't gotten any turnovers really either. Turnovers are the driver for that all. And I asked Tibisar about that this week, and he understands that turnovers are part luck. And honestly, that luck hasn't bounced the Beavers' way, and neither has the schematic plan they've drawn up. At the same time, you should be able to get at least several defensive stops during the course of the game, even even by accident. I think they got two tonight. One was be, I think they got two three announced tonight, if I remember correctly. One was because Colorado got a holding penalty on first down, so it started in first and long. And the other was right before the 60-yard field goal when they were being very conservative and just trying to run the clock. But when the offenses they're going up against are actually trying, they're pretty much a sieve and We've already like beaten the third down problem to death. Yeah. So something good. You mentioned the, you mentioned the three that. and out, Tyler. I mean, this is something where you can squarely blame the offense. The offense goes down. They score a touchdown to take the twenty-four to twenty lead. Fourteen plays, eighty yards. They take up five minutes of clock. Colorado goes three and out, as you mentioned. The defense forces finally forces a three and out. The OSU offense comes on the field, three plays, four yards, and a punt right after that. They could have marched down and scored again, made it a seven-point game or an 11-point game, or they could have just ran the clock out. But they didn't do either. They gave Colorado an extra chance to get back on the field, and the Buffaloes took full advantage of that. Yeah, my point is this is, this is what you're bringing up isn't wrong, but it's more the exception rather than the rule. It feels like every time the offense is getting the ball, let's see, they're put in a position where they either where they have to score, basically to either catch up or stay up. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, every once in a while every once in a while it's going to flip, but I mean, what is it? A broken clock right twice a day? By the way, that reminds me, change your clock tonight, everybody. Uh, I'm gonna let Apple do that for me. <laughs> Yeah, there's no but way anyway, I'm going to remember. Yeah. My, my car is probably going to stay an hour ahead uh, until one of my parents comes down and drives it and then changes the clock. 
Yeah, well, anyway, that's pretty much all I have. I just think something is wrong with the defense, and it really needs to be fixed. Thanks, Tyler. Uh, So that was Tyler. I know we have Rocky on the line, too, but we need to take a commercial break. So we're going to take a commercial break first. We also have plenty of text to get to on the University Honda text line. This is the Beaver postgame call-in show brought to you by our friends at Thai Express. The number which people are using frequently so far. University Honda text line, downward dog phone line, 541-497-5356. Beaver postgame call-in show brought to you by Thai Express, located on 9th Street behind Little Caesars Pizza in Corvallis. They're open tonight until 10. You can go there and get some Thai food from the next hour here on a eve of a disappointing Beaver loss. Double overtime in Boulder, 37-34 to the Colorado Buffaloes. So we have two calls lined up at the other side of this break. Plenty of text to get to here on the Thai Express Beaver Postgame Call-In Show on 1240 Joe Radio. At Thai Express, they've learned that when you treat your taste buds right, great things happen. Come and experience traditional Thai recipes with a sprinkle of new world creativity like pad thai, a curry, fried chicken dumplings, or one of their delicious soups all customized to your taste. Thai Express is in Corvallis on 9th Street behind Little Caesars. They're open for dine-in or visit their drive-thru. Don't be shy. Give them a Thai. Thai Express, locally and veteran-owned. It's same-same, but different. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. At Lassen Toyota, we believe in going the extra mile by providing those little extras that make your life easier, like online scheduling so you can pick the day and time that's most convenient for you, and courtesy rides to and from your home or workplace. We even honor our competitors' coupons whenever possible. Lassen Toyota services vehicles, but serves people. Schedule your service appointment today at LassenToyota.com, just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany. Sports with Attitude. Love for Joe Radio. The Thai Express Beaver postgame call-in show here on 1240 Joe Radio. TJ Matthewson with you. Man, frustrating loss for the Beavers tonight. Double overtime against the Colorado Buffaloes, 37 34 beefs had their chances to win this game and really could not come through. So this post game call in show brought to you by our friends at Thai express locally and veteran owned. Don't be shy. Give them a tie. We'll get to some texts after this call, but Rocky is on the line. Rocky. Good evening. Hey guys. <laughs> TJ, how you doing? I'm good. Rocky. How are you? Pretty miserable. Actually, it was, yeah, it was a frustrating night. Some of the things, where do I start? Um, Jonathan has a, well, I don't know if it was Jonathan or the offensive coordinator, but to go for fourth down when you're only three down, still a lot of time in the game, and you're not even close to your own 50-yard line, 
I thought I just couldn't believe it. It just blew my mind. I thought, well, here we go. They're going to score, and they did. And this was the third game in his last couple of years that he's lost on a bad call like this. On a fourth down call, he has lost three games. And it's getting frustrating, and I thought, okay, uh, gunslinger John, um, we're in overtime now. And absolutely, if I had to call on the sideline, I would have gone for two. And the reason why is they scored, they did their thing, we scored, now we're in control. They have no control over what we think or say or are going to do. So if we want to go for two, they can't say, no, no, you can't do that. I would have gone for two being away, not at home, being away. I agree. And we just scored. I, thought and he, I, I thought, okay. don't mean to interrupt you, Rocky, but I agree with you. I thought they were going to go for two on that. I was a little surprised they kicked the extra point. Just take you win it right then, it's over, or you lose it right then. But don't don't go because the reason why the two was a good deal too is uh, I think we had some packages where we could score, but our off our defense wasn't stopping anybody. They didn't stop anybody in the first overtime. So if we score and just tie them, what's going to happen? We're not going to be able to stop their offense again. And so why not give our offense? I mean. Why don't we take charge and win it on our terms? We dictate the terms of who's going to win or lose it. And we didn't. And John Jonathan, I was just really disappointed. He'll do the fourth and one early in the game, and yet he won't take that kind of a shot. And I thought, well, you know, I lost a little respect um, for the coaching. And, and I'm a Jonathan Smith fan. <laughs> I love the guy from when he played here. Uh, but... I questioned some of the calls. And then the other thing that was bad in the game is offensive line. I watched 64, our All-American center something. He missed block after block after block. The offensive line did not produce. And that and that doesn't help uh, Nolan. And it doesn't help a running game. I, you know, and I was, of course, disappointed in the defense. You know, everybody has been disappointed in the last couple of games on the defensive side. You know, right when we needed to stop, we got three ahead, and then the offense, uh, defense finally does stop. But then the offense, three and out, and I kind of questioned the calls on that three and out. And then, uh, then the defense caves, and uh, it was so frustrating. And and another thing that's really hurting us too in the games, if you probably have noticed, TJ, is we are getting a lot of flags. And in crucial times. It seemed like last week was the anomaly in that department, but I just think that ref crew last week just didn't throw flags, period. But I think tonight was, yeah, a little more normal. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm always that <laughs> are actually kind of corrupt. I, I just still, uh, they don't give much respect to Oregon State. I never thought they had. So that's my feeling. Probably maybe it's wrong, but it just feels like that. So I, I just, I question, yeah, and then we come out flat. Why would we come out flat? Both games, the Cal game, we were flat. Really, as a team, this game, we were flat. And I'm starting to kind of wonder, why don't we look at another quarterback for a couple series and see how he moves the team? Yeah, Utah, you're missing, even with the Utah win, they were down 14 nothing in that as well. Yes, I know it. They're getting slow starts, and the earlier wins, we we're getting fast starts. Yeah, so and there's a there's a there's a uh, scary trend happening. Yeah, 
It, it's never good. Even on, the win, even on the win against Washington, I could see us not playing up to what we had earlier. And uh, after the USC game, I was like everybody else. I thought, okay, we've got a, we got a pretty good team here. And now I'm starting to wonder, like one of the other callers said, you know, did we beat two teams that are normally powers, but we beat them both because they're both very down compared to their usual. That might be the case. They did also beat Utah, which Utah looks like right now yeah. they're going to win the South. Yep, and they are looking good. And how? And that just makes it more frustrating when we can actually score that many points, beat Utah, and then lose two in a row to two of the bottom dwellers who, if you do the pencil games, you figure, well, those are at least a couple games that we can probably win. Yeah. <laughs> it's what? just... Uh, it, what I'm seeing now, what's frustrating is I'm seeing a very uh, possible fruitful season, a very uh, potential mid-bowl game or higher uh, evaporate into almost nothing. So I don't know. I, I think they're, they're going to be, it's going to be tough to even get a win out of the next three games. Yeah, it. it... It, they the beeves have done this to themselves. You're right. They're, they have oh, yeah. it, they have it cut out for them these next three games. They, luckily yeah. for them, two of them are at home and haven't lost at home yeah. yet this year. So that will uh, that will be something to see. One quick thing on a quarterback before we go to Paul Rocky. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the health of Tristan Jebia. I, I don't know if Jonathan's been asked the last few weeks about Jebia. I think this is about he when he mentioned he would be back, but I think we would know about it. Um, yeah, a little, during the week, I, I don't think. But do, would you anticipate? Would you say Sam Neuer then at least give him a try? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, he's a, he wasn't a terrible quarterback when he came here, and but he had a bad first game. And I was like everybody else when Chance came in, and by the second game, I thought, okay, that's a good move. And I thought that Chance should have came in at the beginning of the second half against Purdue. And he came in too late. But now I'm thinking maybe we jumped the gun a little too fast and not that we don't give up. We shouldn't give up on Chance Nolan, but maybe we should be looking at there's a lot of teams out there that play a couple, even three quarterbacks in the game. And so, you know, there's even the announcers on TV said that sometimes Chance's uh, demeanor, his the way he carried himself physically and stuff. He looked a little bit beaten, a little bit frustrated, um, hard on himself probably. And so maybe maybe a change for a series or two would have been a good thing. Have him sit down and watch the game and study it and then come back. I don't know. Sometimes in basketball, I coach a lot of basketball, and sometimes if you're a star or somebody was having a tough game, you take him out and sit down and just say, hey, just watch for a while. You go back in. Don't worry. You know you go back in, but watch and learn. And I, you know, I'm just wondering about a lot of things. <laughs> I guess. So, I guess that's going to be. Hey, I'm not going to be there. Huh? I was going to say. I just. I, I guess that'll just. You know, I'm sure Jonathan might get asked about it this week, especially that two point oh, play. The the conversion you said they should have gone for an overtime, yeah. like everyone oh, said they should have gone for. I think that'll be the first question will be asked, but. Yeah. I'm sure that that language might come up and we'll see Rocky. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate okay. it. That was Rocky. Now let's go to Paul. Paul. Good evening. Hey, uh, um, Paul, you there? TJ. Yeah. What a, what a disappointing 
debacle that was. I mean, I thought maybe we'd win 10 games. I don't know if we can even beat Stanford. Uh, it's, 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 it's criminal. The pendulum I, is swinging gosh, far both one ways, isn't it? It was thrown in the corner of the end zone. What was Tejon Wright doing, turning around and taking a step towards the interior when he was guarding the guy on the outside? I, I don't understand. It was like, these guys' heads not in the game or what's going on? I mean, there's no way. That's his man. Why, When he broke to the outside, why didn't he break with it? It was like, it's almost like they're... they're their, their head's not in the game or something. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's coaching. I, I'm really, really disappointed in Tibisar's defense. I mean, and, and I think our major, major problem is the defensive line. Why is T.J. Roberts and Spates and the safeties making all the tackles? It's because our defensive line is getting blocked. And we definitely need some help on the defensive line. Yeah, they, they have... Don't, don't get me... Don't get me started on Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you have to say on Nolan? I mean, he was well, he, he was on he and off today. The deep I would ball say. when a man's ten yards behind the defense, then he underthrows the ball when the when the wide receiver is breaking free past the defender and it's intercepted. I mean, it's just it's just it's no rhyme or reason. It's almost like he's he's. Uh, there's just, he doesn't have the confidence or something. I don't know what it is. Is he not practicing with these guys and, and knowing their speed so he can get the ball to them? It's just, I, I, I don't know what the problem is. It just seems just seems crazy. And I agree with one of the previous callers that our offensive line did us no favors tonight. I mean, they blocked well on a couple of uh, plays. But, I mean, you know, of some real good runs. But yeah, they, they, they were, were very inconsistent. Um, a popular, Paul... Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, popular uh, complaint on the University Honda text line, uh, which, by the way, is 541-497-5356. Also, the Downward Dog phone line, if you'd like to call in like Paul here on the Thai Express postgame call-in show here on 1240 Joe Radio, uh, is that the Beavers cycle in too many receivers and that maybe that affects chemistry with Nolan? Because if Nolan had one go-to guy that he had great chemistry with, I mean, that makes it a lot easier on both of them. Instead, he's spraying the ball out to four to five to six guys in the passing game, and that can affect chemistry and such. Exactly. And then, then of course, there was the drops, too. But I think there's much, much bigger problems than just a, a one or two drop passes. Yeah, they they looked out of sorts, and Jim Wilson said it in the post-game show. Um, what is it? There was really just no rhythm. There's nothing they could really consistently lean on tonight, which was maybe for, for the first time we've seen in a bit. I guess maybe last week they weren't great either. But, I mean, despite the, the good box score numbers, there really wasn't any of that, it seemed. I agree. It's uh, very disappointing. I hope that, uh, you know, at least we can – ahead of Stanford to start with and not to get behind and give them the the uh, <clears throat> the idea that they can win the game so they start playing hard so yeah that's gonna that's that's probably gonna be an emphasis this week I would I would assume you got it the 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 slow starts are killing them it is killing right. them to, to play from 10 points or more down in each of the last uh Three or four games? I, I think it's three games. But yeah, I agree. Paul. Anything else? The other thing I don't agree with 
when your defense is playing this bad, why do you defer? Why don't you give your offense the ball? Let your defense rest a little more. I mean, I don't understand why we went second. In overtime, you mean? Opening kickoff. Or no, when you win the coin toss. Yeah, when you win the coin toss. I, I don't, you know, the only time that you defer is when you have a good defense that you can stop the other guy. If your defense is suspect, <laughs> you're going to let them score first every time if you defer. Well, you could look at it I, in defense of that, Paul. I, you, Because you, your defense will have to start a half on the field anyways, first or second half. I, I personally like my teams having the ball to start the second half. I think it gives you a better advantage to end the game on your terms, which well, has worked for the Beavers, <laughs> but it... I mean, I, again, if you're just going to allow an opening drive touchdown, as you are alluding to, yes, maybe that is not such a good idea. But uh, I usually think I don't focus so much on that first drive of the game more as I look of when you get the ball to start the second half. I think it's a little more advantageous. But that's just me. Well, uh, look how it's worked out for the Bees. Not very well. And they went three and out when they got the kickoff in the second half. So it really didn't work out there either. That is true. That is true. Anything else, Paul? <laughs> All right, man, that's that's all I got to say before I get really mad. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the call in, Paul. That was Paul. Uh, Thai Express post-game call-in show here on 1240 Joe Radio. Downward Dog phone line, University Honda text line, 541-497-5356. We'll be open as long as you guys have venting to do here on the Beavers 37-34 loss to the Colorado Buffaloes in double overtime. 541-497-5356. Brought to you by Thai Express. Experience traditional Thai recipes with a sprinkle of new world creativity. Locally and veteran owned. They're open until 10 tonight. So you got about 45 more minutes to go grab yourself some Thai food. Thai Express. They're behind Little Caesars Pizza on 9th Street in Corvallis. We're going to take a break. Phone lines and text lines are open. We have a mountain of text to get to on the other side of this break. Here on the Thai Express Beaver Postgame Call-In Show, right here on 1240 Joe Radio. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 at Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. At Thai Express, they've learned that when you treat your taste buds right, great things happen. Come and experience traditional Thai recipes with a sprinkle of new world creativity, like pad thai, a curry, fried chicken dumplings, or one of their delicious soups, all customized to your taste. Thai Express is in Corvallis on 9th Street, behind Little Caesars. They're open for dine-in or visit their drive-thru. Don't be shy. Give them a Thai. Thai Express, locally and veteran-owned. It's same-same, but different. Hey, sports fans, remember you can text KEJO anytime on the University Honda KEJO text line. If you have a question or want to share your thoughts on the Beavers or any sports topic, call 541-497-5356. That's 541-497-KEJO and be part of the action. So call the right play and call the KEJO text line. Powered by University Honda, 541-497-5356. 
The countdown is on. The Holiday Radio Auction is just around the corner on November 13th. You can get a head start on your auction shopping next week. Starting Monday, November 8th, we'll have selected auction merchandise available at Buy It Now prices, only available online. So beat the rush and make sure you get the items that you want. Click on the radio auction link at KEJOAM.com to see the list of auction items. It's the Bicoastal Media Holiday Radio Auction, November 13th on 99.9. Sports with Attitude. 1240 Joe Radio. Ty Express Beaver post-game call-in show here on 1240 Joe Radio. TJ Matthewson with you here in studio. Dale Hummel helping out on the phone lines. We thank our presenting sponsor for this post-game call-in show, Ty Express. Don't be shy. Give them a tie. Located on 9th Street in Corvallis, they're open till 10, dine in, or you can visit their drive through too if you're in a rush. I did say we have a mountain of text to get to, but we have two more callers. Dan was first. Dan, good evening. Good evening. You there? Hey, so I have two, I've been watching the games all season. Of course, I've been a Beaver fan for forever. But anyways, here are my two thoughts, and maybe you, you can uh, let me know your thoughts on this as well. Okay. I'm sure you talked about to me, penalties have been what's killed everything, in my opinion. That's, that's number one. I mean, the play calling and the play, yes. I mean, that frustrates me, but I feel like just those penalties, false starts, pass interference, whatever else, is just what's killed the game. And then how do you how do you prepare a team? Because all our four losses have been on the road, right? So how do you prepare a team to actually win a game on the road? Minus USC, because, you know, that was just, that was a great game, right? And they, they were clicking and whatever else, but, you know, what, what is it? What, do you, what should you do as a coach to get the team prepared to, to win on the road? Man, it's, I, it's focus. I, I think, I mean, obviously, playing in your home environment, it's comfortable. You have a routine. You wake up in your own bed. You don't have to travel anywhere. It's great. On the road, it's different. But, I mean... It's not like it's not like you're playing in the SEC in front of 102,000 fans. I mean, these are packed old stadiums. Half of them, like you could look at Cal last week. I think the announced attendance was 30,000. Cal doesn't draw well at all. These road environments aren't that much. So in the end, it's focus and execution. And when they had their opportunities tonight to focus and execute, didn't happen. So then I guess that goes into my question because I'm I'm not one to wear the orange color girl glasses, but. You know, this is a, a year to where we're like, oh, we possibly have a bowl game after four years with Smith. But I, I feel like this is still a, a learning experience. And that to, to be that elite team, they still need to learn to win on the road. But I agree with you. You do need that focus. And something needs to happen with the coaching on how you get them to have that focus. Yeah. And I'm not a football coach, so I don't have the, the necessary answer to that. But, you know, it execute it, it, i i think it can be as simple as that really and it, it just hasn't been there on the road for some reason what i i don't know <laughs> yeah I, I feel like from what i've seen from them they, they're never able to get into the groove like and I, I agree with the last caller you know switching in all those wide receivers right because i remember isaiah Hodgins and he was a go-to one you know you look at brandon cooks and all of them in the past you know they were just a collective group that was a good wide receiver. You can't be subbing in multiple multiple sets because consistency is a big thing, and I, I agree with that one caller when they were talking about that. But I'll, I'll let you off the thing, and hopefully 
I'll be at the Stanford game next week, and hopefully we get a bowl game and get a decent win. All right, Dan, thanks. Appreciate the call. Uh, yes, he brings up some good points there. Because um, the Beavers haven't figured out this year how to win on the road. They haven't. They've had their chances. The opportunities have been there. The opportunity was there at Purdue. The opportunity was there tonight. They haven't, they haven't been able to, to get it done. I think I'm missing a game. Oh, the opportunity was there at Washington State. Couldn't get it done any all three times. Cal, that game was out of reach. I think for most games, double digits. They had their chances, but Cal was able to hold them at arm's length a little bit longer than they want. All right, Dave from Tumwater is on the line. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, TJ. Remember in the tailgate show when uh, you and uh, Mike and Doug were making fun of that ASU broadcaster who got fired uh, for telling it like it is? Uh, um, I, I mean, I wasn't making fun of him. I I, I said I agreed with him. But, yes, well, I do remember I, that. I, 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 I thought... Well, and I don't want to emphasize, take my time to, to emphasize that point. I interpreted the banter between the three of you as kind of making fun of the guy. Uh, but I, I guess my point is just simply this, and we'll move on. That That's the nice thing about shows like this, is that fans know what's going on, and they, they can speak their mind, and they see what they see. And um, they know there are going to be people who are always going to try to make the best of it. But uh, let's just let's just with that out of the way. Let's just jump into it. This game got out of hand, uh, and, and I all I can do is really give points of emphasis to aspects of call, calls that have already been made. I really don't think I have any, anything that's particularly novel. But right out of the gate, uh, the first very first possession, the play selection is crazy. Chance Nolan is not Sean Mannion. He's not Derek Anderson. He's not Jake Luton. He's not a pocket quarterback who can hit the long bomb 50, 60, 70 yards downfield. I don't know why they call those plays. He doesn't have the touch for it. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback or that he, can move, or that he can't move the chains. He can move the chains. Uh, but, and he's very accurate when he rolls out. They're just not calling the right plays for this particular quarterback. And then when your defense gives up 144 yards to a team, Colorado, that's averaging something like 220, 250 yards a game up to this point, then you, you automatically know we're in trouble right away. Jim Wilson said something very pertinent, I thought, in the uh, network pregame show that's worth remembering going, uh, going forward from here. When he said, Colorado hasn't won its last few games, but they're playing their best football. I don't know if you remember hearing him say that. Jim, as always, is very astute. So no one should have been surprised that Colorado's trajectory was improvement. And, of course, they ended up winning the game. They, they played. Everyone gets well against Oregon State, uh, seemingly. And if I sound frustrated, like Scott, who called right out of the gate, uh, I am. And so... Um, and, and by the way, TJ, you may recall, all last week on the show, I was telling Mike and John, uh, because it's a 12-point spread, Colorado's no good, without actually predicting that Colorado was win, I was sending out the signal, this game is anything but a slam dunk. This is going to be a hard game for Oregon State to win. 
and that proved to be the case. And the segue, the same thing as next week against Stanford. I don't give a damn what the score of how many points Stanford scored uh, against Utah. That's going to be a tough game to win next week uh, because uh, their coach sticks with what works for them. This offensive coordinator does not know what works for him, and he's always, And the reason there's no consistency, there's no balance, he doesn't know what works for the team he's working with. Everyone's made the criticisms they can uh, with the defense. I would have loved to have heard Coach Smith's post-game press conference. I'm sure he would have said that they got to clean things up. Well, charity begins at home, Coach. And the one thing you've got to clean up is your risk-reward assessment in games. As other callers have noted, to go for it a fourth down with 15 minutes left in the game, well inside your side of the 50, it's just asinine. And then to, uh, to uh, get into double indemnity on it, not to go for two to win the game when you have a chance, it's just crazy. So um, those, are, those are my, uh, my, my key points. So uh, thank you for the opportunity to vent. Uh, I appreciate it, TJ, but uh, those, are, those are my key thoughts. Oregon State will be uh, – there's one positive thing. We won't have, we won't be, we won't have to hear a, a talk about how everything's in front of Oregon State. No, there's all this potential. All of that was obviously illusory in retrospect. I know hindsight's 2020, But let's, uh, uh, let's just try to win a game uh, and, uh, and, and get the bowl eligibility – but I think this, this team is getting dangerously close to another team, which got me into trouble with the broadcasters on the Joe Beaver show, uh, like, like where it, it, obviously the defense is not being well coached or there's just a vast disparity in talent with the other conference. And there just, there just needs to be more thoughtful, conscientious play calling uh, by the offensive coordinator. And Coach Smith needs to get his risk-reward matrix in order because it's costing us games. There you go, TJ. That's all I had to say. Thankfully, I can't be fired for saying it. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I'm sure uh, that uh, that that overtime two-point conversion question, I, I'm almost guaranteed that's the first thing he's going to be asked on his noon presser on Monday. Thanks, Dave. Take care. All right, that was Dave from Tumwater. Thai Express Beaver postgame call-in show. We're on the air. We are open for business as long as you have something to say about the Beavers' disappointing 37-34 loss to the Colorado Buffaloes on the road up there in Boulder. 541-497-5356, University Honda text line, downward dog phone line. TJ Matthewson with you here in studio. Dale Hummel helping out on the phone lines. So I keep putting off this mound of texts while we have callers, but... We have, I think, 25 or 30 unread texts on the University Honda text line that started in the fourth quarter that I haven't been able to get to yet. So we're going to get to some text messages on the University Honda text line. Okay, starting out, this one text came in at 7.09 p.m. I believe that was the fourth quarter before overtime. Um, a 5.03 number. So upset, so many coaching errors and bonehead moves. Both sides of the ball have been in question here. A reverse with your tight end. Bradford not converting uh, converting press coverage into a fade instead of running uh, a comeback route 
That was incomplete basic receiver rules. Run against man coverage and sit down against zone. This is not debatable defensively. Where do you start? Deep half player letting receiver get 10 yards behind him. Uh, that was that broken play touchdown. What I remember, I don't remember when that was, but I do remember that touchdown. Deeper than the deepest in the deep zone defender. If it was a high school game, I would still be amazed with how bad this has been. Brings up great points there. Uh, I, I don't know the tech technical, I guess, those little minute details. But yes, especially on that touchdown, when you're you're supposed you're the deep corner and you have this miscommunication, and I believe he got fooled on a double move, and in zone, I I know they want you to be a little more aggressive when you have your eyes on the quarterback, but he the the, the cornerback I can't remember which cornerback it was, but he got absolutely torched. Curtis Texan, well, what do you know? It's happening again. The Beavers lose to a team they should be dominating. Same old Beavers. This is just unbelievable. So I saw the Vegas line today at 12 points. And if you listen to the tailgate show earlier, John, my, John, Doug, and myself, we will accept blame. We, we were very optimistic about this game and looked at the spread and we're like, you know, the Beavers should cover the spread. I really think they should have. You know, I, I think John Wilner came out today or, or, John, or Canzano, I can't remember which one. Said 35-20 Beavers prediction for today. It's like, yeah, that sounds right. But, man, I think we're uh, at that point a little too optimistic of the defense holding a team to 20 points. Uh, that same 503 number texts in some more. Can we look at some tough pills to swallow for the most here? Most of the best players for Smith over his coaching tenure have been Gary Anderson guys, Bradford, uh, Trevin Bradford, Artavis Pierce, Jake Luton, Hodgins, etc. There are too many receivers in the mix. Get four to five and use them all game. Anthony Gould, number 15, should be on the game in almost every snap. Yeah, he had that game against Hawaii. We just don't see him that much. He's not talking, especially for a game like tonight where they threw 35 passes. I don't know. Let's see how many catches Anthony Gould had while I pull that up here. Uh, I would like to just acknowledge, I love stat broadcast when I'm looking at live stats. That's what most of the media gets to use. But Colorado, for some reason, put a lock on theirs, and you needed a password to get in and look at live stats. Got to say, I'm disappointed. Because it's just live stats. What what am I going to do with it? Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 Anthony Gould, one catch, nine yards. Yeah. <laughs> it sums up with that text. Uh, what else? Pac-12 today is so much weaker than 2015. Go ahead and look at each team and see the difference. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 is very, very down. Uh, Jonathan Smith's ceiling might be six wins, but it won't be this year. I think this text is suggesting the Beavers lose out. Possible. I don't think it happens, but possible. So, yeah, there's some tough stuff in that text that all could be very real. Especially, you know, I agree with the four to five receiver stuff, but we've been hammering that point home for weeks. So I don't, I don't know how much more I need to get into that because I think everyone knows that. Uh, the same 503 number text in Colorado scored 34 points against two other teams this year besides Oregon State, and it's not a list you want to be on. Uh, they scored 34 points against Northern Colorado and against Arizona, who snapped a 20-game losing streak today. 
Curtis texts in after that. No sugarcoating. This is a bad loss. That's actually sugarcoating it pretty well, Curtis. I think this is a worse than a bad loss, I would say, in terms, if you're looking at it from the Beavers' side. You know, and people are frustrated. This is the Thai Express Beaver Post Game Call-In Show. We thank our sponsors at Thai Express. Don't be shy. Give them a Thai locally and veteran-owned. They're on 9th Street in Corvallis behind Little Caesars. Open for about half an hour more, so go get yourself some Thai food before they close. University Honda text line, downward dog phone line. Open as ever, 541-497-5356. TJ Matthewson with you here in studio. Dale Hummel helping out on the phone lines. More texts on the University Honda text line. Beavs didn't deserve it. Seems like they can't get out of their own way. Their record says it. This is an average team. The pendulum swings so far in both ways, doesn't it? I remember the conversations we were having just a month ago about, wow, could they win the North? That would be great. That would be fun. Go to a great bowl game. And now the pendulum swings the other direction. 541 texts in. Just wait for it. Which I'm not going to agree with this first part. Fire Jonathan Smith. Uh, This team is bad. You can't lose back-to-back games to absolutely awful opponents. Colorado is one of the worst team in Power 5, correct? And we made them look like a decent team, correct? All of those, all those players should be ashamed. I'll be not going to any more Beaver games this season. I'm glad 541 took a very passionate and dug intake. I don't think they should fire Jonathan Smith. Just... I don't think that's a problem. However, I will agree with you that they have had made some of the Pac-12's worst teams look decent, and that's just unacceptable. That that is that that I'm sure the coaching staff agrees. That's just that can't happen against Cal, who struggled mightily offensively this year, despite playing a bunch of close games, and against Colorado, you make them both look competent. And Colorado ran for over 200 yards today. That's about. I I think Colorado ended with 220 on the ground. I think their season average for yards is about 250. I don't know that off the top of my head, but that's not good. That is not good. Uh, Curtis Texan again would be surprised if we can even make it to the postseason. I would be really surprised, actually. Cannot make it over the hump. This team can't beat teams they are supposed to. And more of what we mentioned with those callers, man, it, it just seems like the Beavers are winning games they're not supposed to and losing games they are supposed to win. It really does toy with your feelings as a fan base, doesn't it? University Honda text line. Tell me, confirm that to me, that that toys with it because you get really high after beating Utah. You're like, this is great. Like the Beaver, they bounce back from the loss at Washington State, a game they easily could have won. Like they beat what most would think is considerably the second-best team in the conference in Utah who looked unbeatable last uh, last night against Stanford. But then you go play Colorado, a team that has just struggled against the world this season, and Colorado moves the ball at will. Frustrating stuff. This is the Thai Express, Beaver post-game call-in show here on 1240 Joe Radio. Downward Dog phone line, University Honda text line, wide open, 541-497-5356. We'll be on until about 10 o'clock. So get your calls in here on the bottom of the hour, 497-5356. Let's see, where did I leave off? 
541 Texan. Time to bench Chance Dolan. He can't hit an open receiver to save his life. Um, I know you won't read this because I'm trying to keep it positive, but he is terrible. Well, I went against your, your suggestion on that message. I did read it. So we're open to all opinions. This is the fan's show. I'm the Willamette's Valley, Willamette Valley's resident therapist for tonight, especially if you're a Beaver fan. It, it was a bad game. I know. I can't put it all on Nolan. I thought he was, he was off tonight. His receivers had a bunch of drops as well. I, I'm going to say it was over five drops. So if you add those five drops, he's what, 25 of 38 for over 300 yards. I'd say you take that. His interception was not good. But I don't think his receivers helped out much either. And that just goes to what the receiver chemistry we've been talking about. Uh, 541 texts in. What an embarrassing performance. Our team is just not good. We have a quarterback who has no confidence in the pocket. We have a defense who makes third and 15 seem like third and one. We have players who never execute or use the head on their shoulders. We have a coaching staff who consistently calls the wrong plays and cannot control their players. Let's face it. We have lucked into five wins. I don't, uh, I'm not going to say that's luck and don't deserve a sixth. Maybe we'll be good next year. Ha. I'm not going to let's, let's keep the negativity towards the players at, at a minimum. Let's there's they're, they're students. They're 22 to 18 year olds. Um, they, they don't do that. They, they're in school to do this. They're student athletes. Let's let's reserve the ne- the negativity on on going after them like that. I don't I don't think they played as well as they could have. Um, but you you can extend that negativity to the coaching staff, which you did as well. And I think you know, in if we're if we're gonna, I guess be more appropriate. I guess towards the coaching staff, they are paid professionals. This is their job. The students are just students. Uh, George texts in, I'm sorry to hear Mike Parker at COVID. I hope he feels better. It seems like he was feeling better today. I didn't talk to him yesterday, which I think he was having a little more symptoms. But he was he sounded a lot better today. He was on the network pregame show. We talked to him in the tailgate show as well. He seemed better. Uh, wasn't able to watch the game or listen to it on the radio because I'm in Toledo visiting my friend, but I heard it was a great game very close from George. If you were a neutral football fan, you would chalk this up as some Pac-12 after dark. It was. It was, <laughs> it was dark. It was tight back and forth game in the fourth quarter with an upset. Classic Pac-12 fashion. Doug texts in, hard to accept this disappointment. Thought Ron did a fine job, and Jim is always beyond terrific. Get well, Mike. I agree. That, that they that For a last-second broadcast change, I thought they did a very good job. Uh, Tyler Texan, OSU's non-conference opponent results. Uh, this is good to keep up on. How about Purdue today? They beat third-ranked Michigan State, the third, the second top three team they've beaten this year, 40-29. to 29. Uh, San Diego State and Hawaii are tied at seven early in the second quarter. Iowa, or Idaho, not Iowa. Idaho defeated Southern Utah 42-24. That was at nine o'clock, so about 40 minutes ago, those scores have probably changed. See how late we're getting to these texts on the university Honda text line. If you have anything you want to tell me over our 1240 KEJO airwaves, downward dog phone lines open 541-497-5356. And of course, thank our sponsor, Thai Express. Don't be shy. Give them a tie. They close at 10 tonight behind Little Caesars Pizza on 9th Street in Corvallis open for 20 more minutes. Go get yourself some Thai food.
All right, back to the University Honda text line. Actually, you know what? Let's take a break. We have one more break. We come out. We'll finish the rest of the text on the University Honda text line, wrap everything up. And if anyone has thoughts about next week, let's hear them on the Beaver Post Game Call In Show here on 1240 Joe Radio. At Thai Express, they've learned that when you treat your taste buds right, great things happen. Come and experience traditional Thai recipes with a sprinkle of new world creativity like pad thai, a curry, fried chicken dumplings, or one of their delicious soups, all customized to your taste. Thai Express is in Corvallis on 9th Street behind Little Caesars. They're open for dine-in or visit their drive-thru. Don't be shy. Give them a Thai. Thai Express, locally and veteran-owned. It's same-same, but different. In 1931, Oregon State's football team compiled a 6-3-1 record playing their home games at Bell Field in Corvallis. That same year, Umpqua Dairy began making ice cream to sell at the train station in Roseburg. Three generations later, they're still producing award-winning ice cream. And you don't have to wait at the train station. Simply visit your local grocery store. On behalf of Beaver Nation, thanks to Umpqua Dairy for your support of our beavers and for making the best ice cream in the nation. The countdown is on. The Holiday Radio Auction is just around the corner on November 13th. You can get a head start on your auction shopping next week. Starting Monday, November 8th, we'll have selected auction merchandise available at Buy It Now prices, only available online. So beat the rush and make sure you get the items that you want. Click on the radio auction link at KEJOAM.com to see the list of auction items. It's the Bicoastal Media Holiday Radio Auction, November 13th on 99.9. Did you hear what I said? Sports with Attitude. 1240 Joe Radio. Final segment of the Beaver postgame call-in show. You're on 1240 Joe Radio. TJ Matthewson with you here in studio. Dale Hummel helping out on the phone lines, which are open for about... 17 more minutes, 541-497-5356. The University Honda text line is flowing with text messages. Downward Dog phone line has been quiet for about 20 minutes. So if you have anything you'd like to say, we're open for about 20 more. Let's get back to some text messages. Um, From 541, are there any other Beaver fans out there that are absolutely sick to their stomachs watching Beavers? the Beavers play zone defense on third and six, and the defensive backs are 10 yards off the ball? A smart offensive coordinator would have studied tape on how the Beavers play third down and exploit it. This happens to the Bees constantly. Is Mark Banker back? Uh, I've not been around the Beavers enough. I don't know who Mark Banker is, but I'll take your word for it. If someone wants to tell me in the text line, please do. 541-497-5356. Yeah. That, I got nothing else to say with that. I agree. I So I'm a Seahawks, Seahawks fan, and I... For the texters in there that are also Seahawks fans, maybe share similar frustrations with the Seahawks defense being predictable in that manner of zone defense and guys sitting 10 yards out for guys playing deep third. The corners playing deep third and the receivers just run and sit in the sit in the pockets, the same pockets because they play the same defense every play. Similar concept. 541 Texan zone defense on third down is for basketball. Not football, man-to-man press coverage, and a blitz will make a quarterback have to make a tough decision. Zone will have him time to make an easy decision. I don't really keep track of how often they play man and zone when I'm watching, but 
that's not not a terrible idea, but it can also can come back to bite you if a receiver puts a really good move on the cornerback. But I'm not a defensive coordinator. But I understand the frustration there. Uh, Scott texts in, you know something is wrong when you're going for it on fourth and three in your own territory early in games against a two and six team. Also agree something is up with the refs, probably the standard Pac-12 ref incompetence. I'll agree with that. But... They catch every single thing we do, but blind eye egregious infractions by the other teams. Yeah, there was a pass interference late in that game. That was not called. I don't remember. I don't remember when it was, but I the Colorado cornerback had a handful of jersey for about five to ten yards on. I'm going to say it was Bradford. I'm not sure. For about five to ten yards, he was just hanging on and the refs just looked the other way. Seemed like. Uh, five four one Texan. I agree with Dave. Run the ball. Uh, we're gonna skip that next text text message because there's some some negative uh, things I don't want to say. Uh, five zero three Texan. Is mediocrity okay with you? No, never is. I, I don't think mediocrity is a great approach for any profession. I certainly don't try to be mediocre on this call-in show. I want to bring the best product to you. And give you guys, the fans, the best opportunity to vent like this after a frustrating loss. I don't think the Beavers want to be mediocre. I don't think. I'm sure they, they do their best. But as we saw tonight, it's not enough. It wasn't enough, whatever they tried. Uh, Tyler texts in, forgot to mention it earlier, but another game lost uh, as a straight-up favorite on the road. Don't have an explanation for this trend, but the numbers don't lie. You know, Tyler, I just think it might it might be so we've talked home road splits and the Beavers just haven't been good on the road. They have not. I don't I don't know if it has to do with point spread. I think it has to do with on the road. And I just think they play better at home. I don't think they're they're looking at the Vegas line and be, hey, we're underdogs. We're gonna win this game. Or hey, we're favorites. We can take we can take this easy. I don't think that's the case. I think it has more to do with them playing on the road. 541 Texan, as bad as this loss is, Beaver fans are worse. Go jump back on the duck bandwagon. Wow. <laughs> that was a little harsh. I don't, I don't, that's definitely not the case. No way. 541 Texan, uh, please tell, uh, tell Nick Barnett and Richard Siegler and Jordan Poyer to send recruits to the Beavs. They need a defense, then they will roll. Yeah, recruits. Recruiting's always, you know, we, we can nitpick the scheme of Tim Tibisar all we want. But like a lot of things in college football, it all comes down to recruiting. It all comes down to recruiting. If you can recruit the best guys, more likely than not, you're going to win. There's a reason George is the number one team in the country right now. They have more five-star players just on their defense. I think I read this. They have nine five-star guys on their defense. Of their defensive two-deep depth chart, that is more five-star athletes than in the entire Pac-12 conference. And you wonder why they're winning a lot of games. It's all about recruiting. It always is. Uh, Tons of issues, but what really sticks out and is depressing is not going for two with Jackhammer. Jack is our identity, and Smith is a risk taker. It seemed like he got scared and went away from his identity. It's hard to digest when you lose like that. If you miss it, you would have went out with your identity, didn't shy away. I have my prediction. I told the callers, I think that's going to be 
that's going to be the first thing that Jonathan Smith is asked on Monday during his press conference. I, I almost guarantee that. Almost guarantee it. We had a caller that is on the line waiting to see who it is. I'd love to hear from more. We're about open for about 10 more minutes to hear some quick thoughts. Todd is on the line. Todd, good evening. Um, good evening. Um, so I just heard you say something about it's all about the recruits. I agree with that to a point. But if you're recruiting a certain player for a certain position, Tibbs are recruiting our DBs and defensive linemen, then you should know what their abilities are and their strengths and weaknesses are for that position. Correct. The schemes, the schemes that I see Tibazar put his players in are not the advantage of their strengths and weaknesses. And if you're gonna if you're not gonna pressure the quarterback, then you need to pressure the receivers. And if you're not gonna pressure either one of them, you're gonna have what we see the last couple of weeks. About midway through the game today, there was a particular play. I can't remember which one, but it was, I think it was fourth, fourth and three or fourth and one. And they, Colorado shot their um, cornerback right at Chance. Disturbed his um, play, disturbed the pass, and it's done. You turn the ball over. If, if you're, I really, I don't think that Tibazar is putting his players in the best position from the play calling he's doing. That's what bothers me with him. Yeah, uh, is there? Is there, do you have an idea of a? I, I guess maybe my question would be then. Um, if you were to pick one thing, I guess, what would you change then? But not just like him, but of like what their defensive strategy is. Instead of rushing three or four, put more blitzing into the picture, or you get in the face of the receiver, putting a 10-yard a ten yard cushion on a wide receiver is just not going to work when they only need six yards. You kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier about the cushioning. And that it doesn't work. You either pressure the quarterback or you pressure the receivers. And when you put a, um, a DB on a receiver and you bump them at the line, you immediately just change their timing. And that's what it's all about with quarterbacks and receivers. Timing. When you see a quarter, uh, receiver break on a pass, and the ball's in the air. The timing issue, when your DBs are not making any contact or any pressure on a receiver, yeah, timing is not an issue. And you mentioned um, earlier about that 10-yard cushion on a third and six. I, <laughs> that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. You're right. And so when I get upset with the defense, I don't get upset with the recruits. I don't get upset with the players. They're playing what they're taught. 
And to me, that's a problem. And it's been that way for several games. Now, I've had the same complaint, not just this year, but for the last couple of years. And I, I, it hasn't ever produced the win for the defenders. And when we're at third and four, I will take third and four over our third and seven every day. Because third and seven for the Beavers is a first down. When it's, when it's their team going against our defense. Yeah, it, it's been a problem, it, and it continued to be a problem today. They were It wasn't quite as bad as the Cal game, but you're right. I mean, the timing seemed to be there for Colorado, and they haven't had timing all year, it seems like. Yeah, and people say, how come, you know, wow, they had the best game of their career? Okay, well, when enough teams have the best game of their career, you might want to think about why is that happening? Why is every quarterback or every team having the best game they've had all season against our defense? Maybe it's not the other team having the best game of their career. Maybe it's, maybe it's us letting them have the best game of their career or the best game of their season. Yeah, and that's how it. Uh, yeah, that's I, <laughs> you. You said it. I, that's how it is. Um, anything else, Todd? No, no. You can't let you go. I'm pretty frustrated, but you know where I'm coming from on that. So yeah, I thanks. Thank and you. I still say, go Beavs. We got them next week, and we're going to do this. We're going to get to a bowl. I'm a Beaver fan forever. We'll be. We're going to get it handled, but there have to be some adjustments. All right, Todd, thank you. I appreciate the call here on the Thai Express Express post-game call-in show, 541-497-5356. We have about five minutes uh, left here on the call-in show. We're going to go to Kurt here in one second. Uh, Mike Banker, DC for Mike Riley. Thank you for that clarification text line. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Kurt. Kurt, good evening. Hey, TJ, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Hey, like most of the callers, very disappointed in tonight's game. Um, in fact, I think Scott might be my uh, twin brother separated at birth. Uh, the, <laughs> co- the comments he had to open the game were, or to open the show tonight, were exactly what my wife and I were talking about for the last couple hours. If you ask me what the difference was tonight, I think that fourth down call midway through the third quarter I think it was fourth and two. We were at our own either 39 or 41. I don't remember the exact spot. To me, going forward at that stage of the game made no sense. Common logic in football would tell you to punt in that situation. We have a chance to pin Colorado deep in their own territory and hope maybe the defense makes a play. And going forward at that stage of the game, to me, tells me that Jonathan Smith and Tim Tebasar have absolutely no confidence in their own defense. I just logically, I don't understand why you don't punt the football in that situation. Yeah, I don't know. We've talked risk reward and at least today was not. um, I still think the biggest one was overtime, but not completely consistent. Mm -hmm. 
Hey, and another question, maybe um, just for a thought. You know, we brought in Sam Neuer as a grad transfer, and I know he struggled against Purdue. It seems like they gave up on him awfully soon. And I'm not trying to put down Chance, because I think he's done a great job. But he's so inconsistent, and I just don't think he makes very good reads. If, if we start Stanford games slow again and Chance is struggling, boy, I sure think Neuer deserves one more chance, and I'd bring him in awfully soon. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's out of the question at all because we saw in game one they were not uh, – they – they didn't hesitate very much that maybe a little bit of halftime, but they, Nolan was in there pretty quick. I, again, I didn't think Nolan was terrible, but I, I do see it. I don't know if we've gotten to that point, but we could, I, I don't know. <laughs> we're we're going to have to see. Yeah. If we can't beat Stanford this coming Saturday, I think it's going to be really tough to get that sixth win. Cause I'm not sure we're going to beat Arizona state or Oregon this year. So I think it's all on the line this Saturday. And they will be a favorite again. I'm almost certain of that. Um, mm-hmm. And we know what, the, as Tyler has mentioned, what they've been like as a favorite this year. Kurt, I appreciate the call. Hey, thanks. Have a good night. Go Beavs. Yep. Thanks, Kurt. Wow. Good set of callers tonight, I will say. We're about to wrap up. Don't have any time for any more callers here on the Thai Express Beaver postgame call-in show. Uh, it's good. Dale Hummel in here helping me out on the phone lines. TJ Matthewson with you. Uh, you can go follow me on Twitter if you'd like, TJ underscore Matthewson. Want to see all of my sports stuff. Someone did text into the University of Hana text line, TJ, promote yourself a little bit. So there, I listened to you, texter. I'm promoting myself. So we've got about a minute left. Uh, Stanford next week at 2.30. We'll have the uh, tailgate show, uh, if I'm doing my math right, at 10.30 a.m. from here in the Joe Studios. We'll not be in the bookstore because John Warren will be on the road with men's basketball next weekend. So uh, I will actually be here in charge. I'm in charge. How about that? So 2.30 next week for Stanford, and I'll be right here on the postgame call-in show to hear your thoughts, win or lose against Stanford. Should be interesting. Want to thank Ty Express again. Uh, they're about to close up just like we are, but always appreciate our presenting sponsor, Ty Express. Thank Dale Hummel for helping me out on the phone lines. And I'm TJ Matthewson. Thanks so much for Tuning in to this edition of the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show here on 1240 Joe Radio. And I look forward to talking to you all next week. Peace out. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Glad you can make it nice. 1240 Joe Radio. K-E-J-O Corvallis. Albany. Loving it. Joe.